0: Well, good morning, church. And happy Easter. He is risen. risen Amen. We're going to be in Mark chapter 16 this morning. Mark chapter 16. And we're going to read verses 1 through 8 in Mark 16. And the title of the message today is Will You Believe? Will You Believe? We've already read this once. we're going to read it again. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a dress... For trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the proclamation of his word. On this Easter Sunday, 2019, Christians all over the world gather to confess our faith that Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified and died on a Roman cross and was buried in a borrowed grave, did not stay in that grave. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of God, the son of man, conquered death by rising physically, bodily from the grave, never to die again. Jesus overcame death and came out of the grave and he lives forever. And that is what Christians all over the world celebrate. This Jesus offers forgiveness, salvation and life to all who will believe that he rose from the grave and trust their lives to him. Christianity is built on this truth. Without the physical and bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead, there is no Christianity, there is no forgiveness, there is no salvation and no life. Anyone who tells you that the resurrection of Jesus was just kind of a spiritual thing and that it doesn't matter, doesn't really matter, is not a Christian. If you don't confess that Jesus Christ rose from the grave, conquered death, never to die again, you cannot be a Christian because the Bible says if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. You know, Jewish people did not have this concept of spiritual resurrection that the Greeks had, and that even is pervasive in our culture. When they were talking about resurrection, they weren't talking about something spiritual, they were talking about a body coming out of the tomb. And so we confess that we believe that Jesus physically, bodily conquered death, that he rose from the grave, and that is what... That, as we confess and believe that, that is, that is why we are Christians. That is why can, we can call ourselves Christians. All of Christianity hinges on the truth that Jesus physically, bodily rose from the grave, never died die again. Now think about what we're saying. Think about, think about this from, say you were a person who just, just didn't know anything about Christianity, didn't know anything about... Uh, what we're doing here today, never read the Bible, and they walked into our church today, and they hear us talking about someone who died on the cross for our sins. And then they hear us say, three days later, he came out of the grave never to die again. They would say, these people are a little bit crazy, right? And you, you know, that's kind of what they would say. That's probably what they should say. Because... Men don't rise from the grave. People do not rise from graves. They stand in them. They stay in them. Uh, even the ancient people, you know, people say, well, the ancient world, they believed all kinds of superstition. They didn't believe people went into graves and, and came out of them. They didn't believe that. N.T. Wright wrote this in The Resurrection of the Son of God, proposing that Jesus of Nazareth was raised from the dead was just as controversial 1,900 years ago as it is today. The discovery that dead people stayed dead was not first made by the philosophers of the Enlightenment. I love that quote. You see, we know that dead people don't physically rise from the grave. Now, there have been those who may, we have thought of dead and been resuscitated, but even in those situations, they, they later die, right? Not Jesus. We are confessing and believing as the church of Jesus Christ that And we are staking our very souls on the truth that Jesus conquered death physically and he will never die again and he lives today. And we are staking our souls that one day he's going to return and take us to be with him to live forever. That's what we are staking our souls on. Now in the Gospel of Mark, Mark 1-8, through we read what many scholars believe is the earliest of the written gospel accounts of the life of Jesus. And when we come to Mark 8, we 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 read one of the shortest and least detailed accounts of the resurrection of Jesus. Now, if any modern translation of the Bible, it, after verse 8, it will it will say it will say something like this, like mine says the ESV. Some of the early man, earliest manuscripts do not include uh, 16, 9 through 20. All of them will say that because because. Many people believe one or two things about the, Mark's gospel. They believe Mark 1 through 8 that Mark, uh, the gospel, the ending of the gospel was somehow lost. And we don't have exactly how Mark ended the gospel. Or there are many scholars who believe that uh, Mark intended to end the gospel after verse 8. He did not intend for uh, verses 9 to 16, 9 to 20 to be there. And uh, early Christians thought, "Man, this is this is just too wild the way he ended the gospel." We we got to help him out. So so some people believe some early believers added this. And if you read 9 through uh, 20, you basically, it's basically things the other gospels tell us about, right? It's kind of a recap of what they tell us about. But there are. There are bible believing scholars, people who believe in the inerrancy, the total trustworthiness worthiness of scripture, who believe that peter uh, that Mark ended the gospel after mark sixteen eight he that he believed that he included no physical encounters with Jesus after his resurrection, like the other gospels and they believe this because as they look in Mark's gospel and as they read uh, the gospel of Mark, they think Mark was trying to emphasize the, the fact of being a Christian as a, as, a, as a matter of simple faith. It's a matter of will you believe this or will you not? They believe Mark intended that the testimony of the women who visited the tomb and the testimony of the angel who proclaimed, do not be alarmed, You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. They believe that he he said, that's all you need. Will you believe it or will you not? Uh, This is all you need. Will you believe it? Is it enough testimony for you to, to decide if you believe Jesus was raised from the grave or not? Now today... A lot of times you've heard me preach every Easter. You know I'm not going to preach on, you know, something weird on Easter. I'm going to preach on the resurrection, right? You know, every Easter you've heard all kinds of sermons from me. I've have been pastor here. This is my fifth Easter sermon, and so so sometimes I've gone into uh, kind of uh, a list of uh, evidences that Christ bodily and physically rose from the grave, and and I do believe there are many facts and evidence. That support. I believe you have to accept it by faith, but it's not a blind faith. It's not a blind faith. It's faith based on facts. If I told you, uh, you could go out here, you know, go down Milwaukee and then, you know, uh, go, go right on stone and hit 30 and then take East Washington and you could see the Capitol. Well, you know, if you didn't live here, you might not know that was true. But but you could believe it because I'm a guy who lives here. He probably knows, right? And if I'm good at giving directions, maybe I'm not. But anyway. (laughs) But but it's not a blind faith. It's a faith. uh, Our faith in Jesus is based on truth and facts, but it still takes faith. It still takes faith. They didn't have a video camera recording when Jesus rose from the grave. And some people wouldn't believe even if they did have a video camera doing that. We, we, we didn't see it, and so you have, to, you have to say, do I believe this or do I not? Now, I believe that a rational person looking at all of the evidence will come to the conclusion that Jesus physically and bodily rose from the grave. I don't believe Christianity is irrational. I believe it's the most rational thing in the world. But, but it still takes faith to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Now, if you want to go into more of like the physical evidence, there's some books on the table in the in the foyer called The Case uh, for Easter. And that goes into a lot of the a lot of the uh, testimony and the facts and the evidences of the resurrection. And if you'd like to read that or take one, there's plenty of books. I have more in my office. And in fact, if you want to give that to someone that you want to, to share the gospel with, that's a good little book. It doesn't take that long to read to share with them the gospel. So I encourage you to do that. But today, I want to talk about the necessity of faith in order to believe Jesus and believe in Jesus and to believe that He rose from the grave. Faith is necessary to follow Christ. It's not blind faith, but faith based on facts and truth. All the evidence in the world cannot cause anyone to believe in Jesus. You have to take that evidence and you have to decide if you believe Jesus rose from the grave or not. Now some people will say, show me the evidence. And many of them want more evidence than they would, than they would want for any other circumstances. You know, a lot of people want more evidence than they would want for anything else they did in life. Uh, but there is evidence to show that Jesus rose from the dead. But this question still remains, will you believe Jesus conquered death, never to rise again? Will you believe that Jesus conquered death, never to rise again? Will you believe the testimony of the, of the women who went to the tomb, not expecting to find a risen Jesus, not expecting to find a risen Christ? Now the scripture says in Mark 16, when the Sabbath was over, which would be about it would be sundown on what what would be our Saturday evening. Uh, that's when the Sabbath ended. Uh, Jewish people uh, counted a day from sunset uh, from sunset uh, to the to the next sunset. So the Sabbath ended on be the sunset of Saturday night. After. Uh, After the Sabbath was over, many times the shops would open for a few hours before it got extremely dark and sell things. And so the scripture says Mary Magdalene and Mary, uh, the mother of James, and then Salome and maybe some other women, maybe it doesn't list them all. they, They bought some spices. They went into the bazaars and they bought some spices so they could anoint the body of Jesus. They already had some. They bought some more. And so they didn't have time to do it on that Saturday evening, and so they were going to go in the Sunday, the, what we would call early Sunday morning, and anoint the body of Jesus. Very early on that day, on that first Lord's Day, that first Sunday morning, possibly before sunrise, they headed out to the tomb uh, to do what they could not do on Friday evening. They wanted to lovingly anoint the body of Jesus with spices, to do what was basically a Jewish ritual uh, for for those you loved who had died to anoint their body, to put spice on them um, and to kind of uh, kind of uh, thwart the smell of death, and so they went out to do this, they lovingly set out to do this uh, these women, the Bible tells us that this this group of women are these uh, a group of women, uh, some of these women they 'd seen Jesus. Crucified, they were there around the cross. Uh, they had witnessed Joseph of Arimathea bury Jesus in his own tomb. And then they, uh, so uh, they, these women had done that. They'd been there at the crucifixion. They'd been there that way at the resurrection. Now on their way to the tomb, Mark alone tells us that they're saying to one another, who's going to roll away the stone? So there was this big huge stone. And somebody had to move it. And I think maybe in their grief, they, they knew they wanted to go anoint the body of Jesus, but they were still kind of in shock from everything that happened. And so they just started. And then on the way, that's when, well, what, how are we going to get the stone out of, the, uh, and out of in front of the grave? They started talking about it. Well, when they got to the grave, the stone, the large and heavy stone, which they did not know how they could move, was already gone. It was shoved out of the way. It was pushed out of the way. Uh, and, and, uh, and the entrance to the tomb was open. Uh, this was, they did not anticipate this. They did not go there to think, well, we're going to see Jesus rising. They, had, they had, did not anticipate it in any way. So they entered the tomb, uh, the scripture says, and, and you've got to put all the accounts together to, to get the complete story. But basically, uh, they were frightened. Maybe some of them ran back to tell the disciples, uh, it, the Bible does say Mary Magdalene ran to tell the disciples, they've taken the Lord, we don't know where they put it. But, but some of them entered the tomb, and when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man in white robe, the scripture says, um, and, uh, sitting on one of the shelves in the tomb. Probably where the body of Jesus might have been. Or <coughs> in a shelf... That it was a family tomb, so there could have been another shelf. They saw a young man dressed in a white robe, and uh, and that's what they saw. And Jesus, Matthew and Mark tell us, uh, Matthew and Luke tell us that this was an angel. There maybe were a couple of angels around. Now the disciples of Jesus, these women, these followers of Jesus, went to the tomb. They found something they did not expect to find. They in no way anticipated an empty tomb. They went there to say goodbye. They went there to lovingly prepare the body for burial. They went there to weep and mourn over the Jesus that they loved that they thought was dead. Maybe none of them had heard that Jesus told his apostles, uh, I'm going to rise up to the third day. Or maybe they did, but, but none of the disciples basically remembered that even if they did hear it. And when they got there, something had happened. They were alarmed. They were dumbfounded. It's a strong Greek word Mark uses. It means to be unable to speak, to be astonished. They went there, not expecting to find an empty tomb, but expecting to find a dead Jesus And they found something completely different. Will you believe the testimony of the women who went to the tomb not expecting to find a risen Christ? Will you believe the testimony of the angel from the empty tomb? Now what was the message of this man in white, this angel? He said, don't be alarmed. Jesus you seek Jesus Nazareth. I know why you're here you seek Jesus of Nazareth Jesus the man from Nazareth the historical person from Nazareth now that was very important when Mark wrote his gospel because there were already heretics saying that Jesus really didn't die he really wasn't a man he just appeared to be a man and so they they you know Mark wrote you seek Jesus of Nazareth the man from Nazareth the one you knew who was crucified He has risen, he is not here. See the place where they laid him. The angel basically said, stop being so dumbfounded and speechless. Uh, I know why you're here. This one, this Jesus that was crucified, this Jesus that you saw die on the cross, this one that you saw someone pierce his side and blood and water spill out, this one who was dead as a doornail when you last saw him on that uh, on that day before the Passover on that Friday evening the one, the one dead he is not here he is risen and then he said look at the place where Jesus lay the angel testified Jesus had risen from the grave the other's gospels tell us uh, that the women initially concluded otherwise some of them ran and say they've stolen the Lord we don't know where they found him um But the angel said, no. Jesus rose from the grave. He's alive. Look at where he was laid. If they would have looked at that place, (coughs) the other gospels tell us that they would have seen the head cloth kind of by itself. They would have seen Jesus' body, the the grave cloth just kind of lying there because when Jesus arose, he rose physically and bodily, but his body was different than it was before uh, he died. They would have seen the grave cloths there. They would have seen evidence that Christ had risen from the dead. And the angel testified that Christ had risen from the dead. And so the question is, will you believe the testimony of the angel? Well, the angel gave the women an assignment. Go tell his disciples and Peter that Jesus rose from the grave and he's going to meet you in Galilee. Now, that, now, this appearance is the appearance where Jesus probably appeared to more than 500 people in Galilee. Now, he did appear to other disciples and other of his followers before that, but there was one big meeting that the Apostle Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 15, where, where more than 500 of Jesus' followers saw him alive before he ascended to heaven. And so they said, go tell his disciples and Peter that Jesus rose from the grave and he'll meet you in Galilee. Now, why did, why did Peter get singled out here? You know? Why did Peter get singled out? Now, now, most people believe that the source for... Most of the source for Mark's material was Peter the Apostle. Mark was a helper for Peter at the end of his life. And Peter... He probably used Peter's sermons as the source... For his gospel, although we do know Mark had some personal uh contact with Jesus, but Mark also was uh, close to Peter, and so Peter probably was the main source. now Peter singled out here now but but why would Peter be singled out, and why would Mark mention that? Because you see Peter had said, "Lord, I, I don't know you when it was got, when the going got tough. Peter had said, you know uh he he, he saves his own behind, right? I'm not going to, you know, he said, I'll never deny you. But when the going got tough, you know, the little girl says, you're, you're one of his followers. He said, I don't even know him. And he used the first few curse words with that. He denied Jesus. And he realized that when the rooster crowed, And the scripture says he went out and wept bitterly. Do you think Peter might have thought, hey, even if Jesus is alive, he can't ever use me again. He can't ever use a a, a traitor like me and what I'd done. And so Jesus said, "Go tell his disciples and Peter." <clears throat> you ever felt like that? You ever felt like you just blown it so big that God can never use you or work through you? Maybe day to day, today, God's saying, you're still on my team. I still got a purpose for you. I'm still going to work to you. You're still going to be my witnesses. Go and tell Peter. Well, then the scripture says, the women went out and fled the tomb. They were trembling and astonished. And for a time, they didn't say anything to anyone. They, they didn't know how to handle this. The other gospels tell us that they had an encounter with Jesus as they ran back. And so maybe that strengthened them to do what they needed to do, uh, to tell his disciples. But these women were trembling, they were fearful, they were scared. The women who had been faithful to be at Jesus' crucifixion, when most of the men had fled, who had witnessed the burial <coughs> on the Friday evening before, were then privileged to be the first witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. Notice they were not superwomen. You know, a lot of times we think these apostles—they're just super people. They can do things because, man, they just—they're just better than us. They're more spiritual than us. They said nothing to anyone. They were afraid. They were trembling and astonished—astonishment at season. That doesn't sound too super to me. That sounds kind of like Bob Ray a lot of times. They were not super women but they were counted as the ones to bear witness that Jesus had risen from the dead. You know, it's interesting. If the the resurrection story had been a made-up story, they would not have included the testimony of these women as the first witnesses to the resurrection. In the first century, a woman could not testify in court. That's just the way it was. And that's not the way it should be. That's just the way it was. And so if 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 they were making up a story that Jesus rose from the dead and they wanted to believe it, they would have let this part out. But because it's God's truth, and God, does, God counts every person who will believe and testify to him as as essential. God entrusted these faithful women to testify that Jesus was alive. And then it just seems to kind of end. This seems to be Mark, all Mark originally gave us. Maybe he added to it later. We don't know. We don't know how. The rest of that got there. The earliest manuscripts do not include it. Uh, But it seems to be that's all he gave us. The testimony of these women who never expected to see Jesus alive again and the testimony of the angel that said, Don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who is crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Now, there was a lot of other testimony. You you don't just read Mark, but you read Matthew and Luke and John. You find other testimony. You read 1 Corinthians and Paul's testimony of the resurrection. Uh, But that's all Mark gave us. The other Gospels fill in the details, but Mark basically says, that's all you need. Will you believe? Will you believe now we know many in the first century did believe didn 't they uh, the other three gospel uh, we know many in the first century did believe the church was born within a very short period of time and spread across the known world within within the first seventy or eighty years, even though it was persecuted then and oppressed by many in those first few centuries and even today continues to be oppressed and persecuted in many places in the world, it continues to grow and proclaim that Jesus is alive. <clears throat> the church's very existence testifies to the resurrection of Jesus. We also know that all of those, all of those apostles who were frightened, who on that night when Jesus was crucified, scattered, uh, ran for their lives basically for a while they were so afraid of what would happen to them, after Jesus rose from the grave, every single one of them, except maybe the Apostle John, was martyred for their faith. They didn't martyr because they made up a story that they were trying to fool the world with. No, they, mar- they were martyred because they, they testified that Jesus rose from the grave and they were willing to die for that truth to die for that fact, to die because they believed if they died, Jesus is going to raise him up to be with him, just like he was risen, he was he arose from the grave. Don't people don't die for a lie? They they don't do that. You know Chuck Colson. Uh, you know he talked about how uh, you know he believed the gospel because you know during Watergate, you know all this stuff came out, and he said people. People couldn't keep, uh, couldn't keep alive for even, even a few months. It was within a few months it all came out. And he says, there's no way these 12, these 11 apostles could have gone to their deaths and kept that if it wasn't true. The testimony of these women, the word of the angels, and other evidences are what you get. They it might not be enough for you to say, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But if it's not enough, I just want to ask you, what do you, what do you need? What more do you need? What more do you need? There are people who have studied the evidence for the resurrection, skeptics, uh, like Josh McDowell started out, like, like there's another, there was a lawyer in the last century and many others. They started out, I'm going to disprove it. And when they studied the evidence, they came to faith and, and had to put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Why don't rational men and women believe? Why, why doesn't that happen? Because it involves a surrender of the will. A willingness to confess Jesus is Lord. You see, if these things are true, you can't continue to live for yourself. If Jesus did die and rose again, and you believe that, you cannot live for yourself any longer. You have to surrender your will and say, Lord, I will believe and live for you. The weight of evidence by any neutral observer, I think, points to a bodily and physical resurrection of jesus but the question still is will you surrender your life to him will you believe the evidence will you believe these witnesses you see i'm saying to you this morning to every one of us our very souls depend on what we do with this what are you going to do will you believe Jesus conquered death never to rise again? Will you believe in Jesus and trust your life to Him? If you never have, will you do that today? Christians, will you, will you, will you say, Lord, I know this is true and I've staked my life on it, but Lord, help me truly to live every single day with the passion to share and to live in the truth that you died for me and that you rose again. The question is, will you believe? Will you believe? Let's pray together. We have a couple of people who are going to be at the back this morning. If you've never trusted Christ, you need to talk to someone about Anything that's going on in your life, maybe you know that you believe, but you need to say, Lord, I haven't been living like I should. Lord, help me to live with the knowledge of the resurrection, that Jesus is alive, that He's coming back. Grace and Brian will be back there. If you need to pray with someone, talk to someone, while we sing our last song in a few minutes, we invite you to do that. We want to help you. We don't want anyone to leave here struggling with something the Lord might be speaking to them about. Lord, we praise you and we thank you that we can believe in the truth that you are a risen Lord and that you change lives today. And I want to thank you, Lord, that, that somehow you've enabled me to believe. And I thank you that you've enabled so many to believe. And I pray that there's those, anyone who's struggling, and Lord, they, they basically know they should believe I pray that today they surrender their will to You and say, I do believe, I will believe, I will receive Jesus and live for Him from this moment on. Father, Father, help us to live every moment in the light of the truth that we serve a Savior who is alive, who conquered death, and who one day will return for His church to reign forever and ever Over all things. Help us to live in that truth. In Jesus name. Amen.